Our text for this afternoon is found in our reading of Mark chapter 12, beginning with verse 41. Jesus sat down opposite place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. As he was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Do you see all these great buildings, replied Jesus? Not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, The gospel, according to Mark, makes it vividly clear that in order for us to be a follower of Jesus Christ, we must be willing to sacrifice everything, even die to ourselves for the sake of Christ and the gospel. That's a noble thought. But how much are we really willing to do that? Not everyone is willing. Not even those with the best intentions are always willing. I think of the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and asked, What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus saw that he was a very religious man. But he saw that he lacked one thing as yet. But that one thing hindered him brothers and sisters, from following Jesus. He could not let go of his wealth. It had too strong a hold on him. If we are honest, we will relate to that. There are so many things in our lives that we do not want to let go of either for the sake of the kingdom. This afternoon, we hope to look at the story of the widow's offering as an account which best describes where we need to be in our desire to serve the Lord fully. Scripture doesn't tell us that the widow was a follower of Christ. It looks more like she was one who belonged to the minority in Israel. She belonged to those who 
Scripture calls the poor in spirit, those who desire to carry out the purpose of the law, not like the Pharisees, but to a fuller spiritual end, much in keeping with the righteousness which Jesus taught. It's a timely story, congregation, for we live in a time of great wealth. Perhaps we have it better now than any other time in history. Talking about financial things. The question may well be asked, will we continue to be faithful and follow the commands of Christ concerning our financial obligations? Let us listen this afternoon to Jesus and be guided by what he teaches. I proclaim then the word of our Lord as we find that with our text, especially then in the verses 41 to 44, under the following theme and heads, the giving of the widow's penny. We'll see in the first place a matter worth notice, and secondly, a matter of truth. First of all, then, a matter worth notice. The opening verse of our text describes quite clearly the situation at hand. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were, were put, and he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Why did Jesus do this, we may ask? I don't think we would like it if someone sat looking at what we gave to church. Imagine for a moment we had to go to the front of the church and place our money on an open plate. And obviously then we can say this is how it was done at that time. And it certainly served the purpose of showing that those who had lots of money could be seen and admired by Men. So why did Jesus sit there and observe? Well, it becomes obvious when we read a little further in verse 43. We read about Jesus calling his disciples to him. Calling them to look at the widow's offering. That word calling. Jesus' purpose was to teach. That's what that calling is about. His purpose was to teach his disciples. And why does he do that? Obviously, the disciples were not focused on what he was focused on. They were not focused on the widow. He had to call, Jesus had to call their attention to her. What were the disciples busy with? The next chapter we read about how they were amazed by the beauty of the temple, even that they said, trying to get the attention of Jesus, they said, look, teacher, what mass of stones What magnificent buildings. One imagines, therefore, that Jesus called them away from looking at the wealth and those, perhaps, who who gave 
of their wealth, who gave much. Jesus called them, and the lesson was, know what to look for as worthy of notice when it comes to the kingdom of heaven. But look carefully, congregation, at how Jesus does that. Jesus observed that many rich people threw large amounts of money into the temple treasury. That's noteworthy. In order to raise objection, one might think that Jesus would have said, look at the rich people, they hardly throw anything into the treasury. And that would be in keeping with how we often talk about the rich becoming richer because they know how to hoard their money. But Jesus doesn't say that. He rightly observes and so rightly relates that the rich threw in large amounts of money. So why to make an an observation on what the disciples obviously were observing? Well, brothers and sisters, because the throwing in of large amounts of money would have brought on the comment of the disciples and of the people Wow! Nobody can ever fault these beautiful givers for not giving enough. They can't be faulted. But what is wrong with this picture, beloved? What is wrong is that we are easily attracted to wealth and those who have it. The disciples were too busy looking at the finer things in life, as we say. They were busy doing what man is all too often busy doing. In our quest for life, we do not have much time for the poor. Oh, it's good that in church we have our collections for the needy. That keeps us somewhat honest. But in how far do we think beyond the collection bag? What have you done lately for the poor in our community? Actually, we don't find ourselves attracted to the poor, do we? If we should observe someone shabbily dressed, we quickly entertain keeping our distance. We suspect all sorts of things as to why they are as they are. We say they obviously haven't done enough in life. Or they've drunk themselves into the poor house. Which equals saying they're losers. When was the last time you gave a hobo or grubby-looking person a lift in your vehicle. Nothing's new under the sun. As we are, so the disciples were, and so were the people of that time. The point is, if we had sat beside Jesus, as the disciples did, our attention would have been 
where their attention was, which was certainly not on where Jesus' attention was. They were attracted to the rich people. They were attracted to the scribes and the Pharisees. They were not only attracted to their showing of piety and prayer, as we read that elsewhere, but also to the giving of their wealth. We are so easily taken in by the giving of the rich congregation. You're someone in society if you can give generously. Look at all the beautiful people in politics or the movies. Look at Bill Gates. Look at Oprah Winfrey. They hand out buckets of money, millions of dollars. And we are impressed. See who gets invited to the big banquet, banquets, the annual fundraisers. Why is it the rich donors? Not to say they are insincere, but I'm talking here this afternoon about what we are attracted to. And it's often the same in church. We like to rub shoulders with the rich brother rather than the poor. Believe it or not, we often do that with our thoughts on eternity. Much like the disciples did when they observed the wonderful stones and buildings. They had their sights on eternity. As the psalmist in Psalm 73, we too are often envious of the arrogant and the rich. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked, or let us in this instance say the rich, They have no pangs. Their bodies are sound and sleek. They are not troubled as other men are, not stricken like them. Their eyes swell out with fatness. Their hearts overflow with folly. That's how we look at the temporal things. The disciples looked at the beauty of Jerusalem. And thinking that stones are forever, they felt safe and at ease to speak about that grandeur and that beauty. Stones do not change. We find comfort in the beautiful things that last. The rich are constant, so we like them. We think that's what life is all about. If we can reach their plateau. It's in this situation that Jesus draws the attention of the disciples to this insignificant widow. And he does it, brothers and sisters, to say there's something wrong with the thinking of mankind. He says to us, look now at what is worthy of notice. And then that widow becomes for Jesus the flower of the field of which it is said that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed as one of these. But it's a matter of observation. Take note, Jesus says to his disciples. Notice what is important to God in what you see of this giving to the treasury. If it is true 
Jesus is saying in our text that the Lord loves the generous giver, then it is the widow that attracts the Lord. It's all a matter of what is relative, congregation. Relativity is a matter of the mind. What does the mind make of a matter when it holds it in the balance of God's righteousness? Know this. God is not moved by large amounts of money congregation. He is moved by what comes out of the hearts of men when they are good. If one looks through human eyes with human thoughts at the giving to the treasury, then one can easily be enthralled by huge amounts of money. We can easily be swayed into thinking that it is the rich that are the beautiful people when they give. But think of it for a moment, congregation. How to look at what was happening before the eyes of Jesus. Let us just make up an example to see what Jesus saw. If one person has a hundred dollars and he gives of it five dollars, to charity, to church. And the other person has $5 and gives of it $3. And judging by the tax receipt, one might say of the first person, he's a better person, a better giver, because he gave more money. But in reality, he gave less of what he had than the other person, didn't he? Indeed. Even so, it's not about the amounts and comparisons that specifically need our attention this afternoon, congregation. We need to see what God sees. We need to know how God judges. And so we must ask, what is it about the giving of the widow that needs to be understood and applied to our lives more than anything else? She does very little, it seems, in life. And certainly in coming to the treasury, she does no more than anyone else. Perhaps in her timidity, she does, she shows even less of herself. But it's here that we have to ask, what is relevant? What is eternally important? And then Jesus gives us the answer when he says, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything. All she had to live on. What is this saying, brothers and sisters? Let us find the answer with our second point. A matter of truth. Money is a very important thing to most people. And yes, we need it. Humanly speaking, we say we can't do without it. But for many, it is considered to be the ultimate measure of success. 
We like to call those with money and influence our good friends. We like to look up to them. We hate to lose them. But how does that measure up with our relationship to God, congregation? God is all-powerful. There's no one who is greater than God. We may say that everything in the world is His. All of what we call wealth in our society, the silver and gold, the diamonds, the jewelry, the large business, and you name it, what have you, the, the big house, the yacht, these all belong to God. But what is that to God? God has no desire to possess these things. They are of equal value to him as dirt. Yes, brothers and sisters, equal. Because God has no special use for the one or the other. He has created it for our use to his service. But now an observation. How is it that all too often we do not make the same effort at being seen in God's company on this matter, so to speak, as we do like to be seen in the company of a rich man? Find the answer to that congregation and you will find the truth concerning the widow's penny. God's purpose for us is a spiritual one. He has given us the use of money in its many forms so that these may serve us in God's service. We are stewards of all that God has made. We have been called to handle the wealth of this world. And yes, not everyone is given the same amount. Some are given much. Others are given a whole lot less. Yet to each is given the command to serve God with what they have been given. There's nothing in Scripture which says that wealth in itself is wrong. We see with the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that the Lord in, in blessing them also blessed them with much wealth. But wealth can easily become our mammon congregation. It can easily become the opposite to God, God to us. It can so easily delight us and persuade us to go in different directions than the ones which God would have us go in. Think of that, brothers and sisters. God provides us with means to work in his service. So whether that means planting a crop or building a house this, this summer, our purpose is to make a living and to put a bit in the bank at the end of the season. God provides for that. He wants us to have that. But how we do that is what concerns him. We should not see our work as something we do for self-gain. We have to remember we are stewards of the things which ultimately belong to the Lord.
We're to use them for the good of the kingdom which has come and is coming. There's the warning in Scripture, do not build up storehouses of possessions, for the Lord may call for your life tonight. And what will all of our possessions help us then? They won't get us into heaven. They won't get us into a special relationship with the Lord. So what is the message here? Work with a greater purpose, congregation. Work for the kingdom of God in this season. Have an eye for the poor widow. Remember her in all you do. For, brothers and sisters, she had an eye on the kingdom. She trusted in God to provide in His kingdom. And that's why she felt free to give all that she had. She knew where she was. She knew who was taking care of her. But brothers and sisters, God's providing the widow can work in strange ways. Because in the giving of the widow's penny today, for someone to, to give of all that he has, being poor, that person may very well have an eye on you to be there for him or her as the one that God uses to provide for her. Know what lies behind the scene of the widow's life. And ask yourself, would you be there for her in service to God? By the same token, are you ready to think as she does in order to do so? God calls us to serve him not only in words, congregation, he also calls us to serve him through our deeds, through the works of our hands, through the use of our money. And we often separate the two. We praise God with our words, but in our works we often praise ourselves. In the wealth we have and use, we make of it something for ourselves. And it's not without reason that Jesus said after the incident with the rich young ruler how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, Paul says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierce themselves with many griefs. These are not just words. These are effects. These are things that happen to us, brothers and sisters. And don't be mistaken. Don't think it doesn't happen in our time or in our lives. The bottom line of this parable, this account about the widow's penny, teaches us that generosity is not about how much we give, but it is about how much we keep back. 
due to the condition of our hearts. The widow had two coins, less than a penny, and could easily have kept one of them back for herself. Who would have faulted her? But she gave believing that God was the one who provides. He was her wealth in the week that had passed, and she knew it. And so she could also look past the two pennies to him and give of all she had. What a lesson, brothers and sisters. Who of us will follow her? Who of us will be supportive of her? Who of us are willing to let go of everything for the sake of the kingdom? Not just in the giving of money then, but in everything we do. We don't have to throw all our money into the treasury. God doesn't want it all. And it is a parable. And as such, it can have some of its, its extreme. It's, it's an example, not a parable, but an example that Jesus uses. As we said, money means nothing to God. But our use of it means everything to him. Because it is about how you are called to live in the way of righteousness. That is to have our attention here this afternoon. It's about how this woman gave. The reliance upon the Lord that stood behind that. And that's an element that's often missing when it comes to our money. We don't always think about the Lord anymore, especially when we have lots of it. And yes, then we can, we can throw our, our money towards the church. And perhaps there will be those who know what we give that may even give us some delight. But what is your purpose? That's the point. As we said, the Lord, he doesn't see the same value in money as we do, but he knows our hearts, how we do set store in it. But he wants us to live in the way of righteousness as he is righteous. He wants us to do things in the new way in that beautiful way that Paul speaks of. And for that congregation, we have to be ready to let go of everything we have. Just like that rich ruler, he had to let go, and especially of the things that really held him. We have to let go of our money. We have to let go of our family. And what have you? To follow Jesus as his disciple. The call here this afternoon is trust God and follow your Savior. God will provide for all those whose hearts are open to trust Him completely, even to the giving of the last penny. He will be there. The point is don't give, don't hold anything back, don't keep anything back. But serve him in all righteousness. Does that, does that say throw away all your money? Of course not. It doesn't. But you have to be willing to do so if that moment is called for. 
Because whom do we serve? God or mammon? The parable says we must serve God. We must follow him. We must live as the widow lived, trusting upon the Lord and him alone. Amen.